It's now time for the Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligiorno. It's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay, and I hope you're safe, too. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeriaitalianpizzeria.com. Let me, let me, take two, take two. Check out his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com, or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simons for an authentic Italian Meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by our 24 hours, seven day a week, pure boxing channel. That's right, the Billy C channel is available now on all the major streaming devices, including Roku, etc., etc. Just visit, visit, <laughs> just visit GinecoUSA.com to sign up for you for your account or free today. Uh, Ginico, USA, G-I-N-I-K-O, USA dot com. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Kenny Bears, Barbecue Rub, and all the great products from Southern Gourmet Spice. Check it out, www.southerngourmetspice.com. Make sure you tell them Billy C sent you and demand the Billy C discount. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Title Bout Championship Computer Game, which is an important thing because we're going to be doing... Uh, some uh, simulations today uh, so get yourself a copy of it now uh, especially uh, the way uh, things are uh, in the world right now you, you may want to uh, do some simulations of uh, current fighters versus all-time greats etc title bout championship computer game get yourself a copy visit our website billycboxing.com and uh, click on the banner and finally you know I wasn't going to let a show go by without this. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by my book. Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Men on a Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. You can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to this very show. Just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. If you want a signed copy, just uh, visit our website, billycboxing.com, or if you're looking to get a discount, Special, me, signing it the way you want it. Just drop me an email, billy at talkingboxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. Coming up a little bit, I'm having a hard time talking today. Coming up a little bit later, uh, we got uh, my man Dax Khan. Uh, we got uh, Alex Papali. Uh, hopefully, Emily Harney will join us. And uh, haven't been able to get a hold of my man Sal, but uh, uh, hopefully uh, we can get him uh, back and going. Listen, remember, uh, if you are uh, watching or listening live, uh, don't forget that the uh, 
uh, same version of this show that gets uploaded to the television channels are uh, is what's running up on YouTube. So uh, if you haven't seen it up on YouTube, our live YouTube channel, check it out, youtube.com slash talkingboxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G. It's actually youtube.com slash talkingboxing. Uh, anyway, um, coronavirus has uh, postponed the uh, Anthony Joshua Cuba Pulov fight. Uh, it was uh, uh, scheduled in June, and uh, uh, it's been it's been canceled. It's been uh, postponed. They have not given a date yet, uh, but uh, uh, rumor has it that they're trying to work out a uh, Anthony Joshua Deontay Wilder fight. Uh, prior to, I should say, um, check that, an Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury fight prior to Anthony Joshua fighting Pulov and prior to Tyson Fury fighting the third, who personally I, I don't think we need to see uh, Tyson Fury beat up Deontay Wilde again, but all depending upon step-aside money that Pulev and Deontay Wilder uh, would accept and or agree to step aside, so... Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, all of Matchroom uh, boxing events that had been scheduled between now and through the month of May are all canceled due to the coronavirus. So uh, some of the big fights uh, that we uh, were looking at, like Dillian White and Povetkin and Usyk and Derek Chisora, uh, all put off. Uh, so uh, we'll keep you posted on that. Speaking about uh, being put off, how about the International Boxing Hall of Fame? Uh, typically in June is the induction weekend, and uh, that's been canceled. As a matter of fact, uh, they said it was postponed, but um, they're already talking about um, having that uh, uh, the class being induct inducted the following year uh, with... Uh, uh, with the next uh, year's uh, inductees, B-Hop, Juan Manuel Marquez, Sugar Shane Mosley were the uh, top uh, uh, more uh, modern uh, fighters that are going to be entered in this year, was scheduled to, as well as Lou DiBella, uh, my girl Kathy Duva, and Dan Goosen uh, all uh, uh, being in. And Thomas Hauser um, finally getting in. I'm surprised that it took so long for my man uh, Mr. Hauser to get in. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, Tyson Fury had an interesting uh, interview uh, over the last uh, week or so, two weeks. Um, he's been asked, you know, are you looking forward to fighting um, Deontay Wilder a third time? This fight's already been uh, put into, into motion. It is, uh, was scheduled uh, for July, but that's already put off, uh, lo looking at October. Um you know, many of us, including myself specifically, when I say us, all of us, because I'm a fat bastard. But uh, uh, the truth of the matter is, is I, I don't, I have no interest in watching uh, Tyson Fury uh, take care of Deontay Wilder again. Uh, you know, I believe he won the first time, and he demolished Deontay in the second fight. I, I don't think anything is going to change. Uh, maybe just the way he wins. But uh, as according to Tyson Fury, he said he's never going to get tired of beating up Deontay Wilder. He said, and I quote, uh, I'll be obliged to give him a bit more. 
you never tire of beating De- Deontay Wilder. It's one of those things you take great, great pride in doing. This is Tyson Fury. He says, I really did what I said I was going to do, and not many people in boxing uh, say something then and exactly uh, do, what do what they said they were going to do. Uh, so I was quite proud of my performance, and I really look forward to getting all this coronavirus out of the way and getting the world back on track, getting back to my job. Um, which he also added, you know, uh, he's been trying to stay in shape. You know, I've spoken to a couple of fighters, and that seems to be the uh, the big uh, hurdle. You know, how do you stay in shape? How do you still work out? Gyms are closed, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, when he was asked about staying uh, in shape and, uh, you know, he's home with his wife, uh, his beautiful wife, Paris, and, and they have five kids, uh, he says, uh, it's simple. Uh, he says, it's actually difficult uh, because obviously I'm not allowed to go to the gyms to train. However, I've been doing every morning uh, a workout video uh, live on Instagram. He says, we do a 50-minute workout. It helps me stay in shape. and it helps many, many other people out there who join in from all over the world. I'm grateful that I uh, can have an input on helping people with their fitness and mental health problems during these locked down times. I also have Paris here and my kids. Everyone goes nuts in, in the front room while, while we're working out. So uh, uh, it seems that uh, uh, my man Tyson Fury is doing what he can to uh, uh, stay mentally and physically fit. Um, Amir Khan uh, on Friday was saying that he was uh, thinking about retiring and uh, he said, uh, to be honest, which I'd love one more fight, maybe two. He says he thinks he has uh, several fights left in him. Uh, as a matter of fact, he said, uh, I have a couple of fights left in me, one or at least two. He says the biggest fights are the ones that motivate me. When you've made so much money and won all the world titles, what's going to motivate you? A Manny, fight, a Manny Pacquiao fight is huge Where, wherever it was. Then you have Kell Brook, another massive fight in the U.K. So he's targeting uh, Manny and Kell Brook. Uh, he says, uh, I want to fight. We just don't know how long this coronavirus thing is going to last. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens. They're looking to get a fight against uh, Manny Pacquiao. Um, Bob Arum. Now, Bob Arum is, what, 170, 180 years old? I, I, I don't know. But uh, um, he... Um, he has promoted over 2,000 shows, almost 2,100, 2,079 to be exact. He's been in boxing for 54 years. So he actually started a little later than I thought. His first time, his first uh, uh, fight uh, ever was uh, took place on uh, March 29th, 1966. Um, and it was Muhammad Ali uh, defending his title against uh, George Chevallo. Um Interesting fight when you look at uh, uh, his resume. Uh, 2,079 fights. 824 were on uh, Showtime. Uh, he uh, promoted 655 world title fights. And then it just goes on and on. 517 in Nevada, 412 in Jersey. Um, uh, California, Texas. The only shows that he's never uh, promoted, the only states he's never promoted a fight in is Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Kansas, South Dakota, Vermont, 
Virginia and Wyoming. I actually did one in Vermont before they uh, got rid of it. But one other interesting thing, he promoted the Evil Knievel jump over Snake River Canyon. Uh, I remember watching that on TV. He would have made it if he didn't hit the button. You know, he drifted over. He hit the heat claims that the parachute, evil I'm talking about, claims that the parachute malfunctioned. But if you watch the video, uh, as he was taken off, the parachute was already deployed as he was taken off, uh, off of, you know, from the from the ramp thing that he had. It was like a rocket ship. So he, he actually shot across the Snake River with the parachute and then kind of drifted over and crashed. But uh, uh, anyway, I got an email. Um, this one uh, is from uh, my man Alex Smith. He says, hey, Billy, the fight you were thinking of last week Dokes versus Razor, Razor Ruddock. Dokes got blown out in 1990, or maybe you're thinking of the Bo uh, Dokes in 1993, but Dokes was shot by then. Uh, thanks for doing the show. We need it. Thank you. And I got another email from my longtime uh, listener uh, and buddy. He's, uh, uh, he's a Miami Dolphin fan, but I won't hold that against him. My man Rick, um, I actually... Don't have his actual email to read, but uh, I'll paraphrase. He basically um, liked us doing the uh, title bout uh, breakdowns. And last week, in, in case you missed it, we did uh, Deontay Wilder against uh, Anthony Joshua and then Anthony Joshua against Tyson Fury. Uh, and then we did Deontay Wilder against Andy Ruiz. Uh, we all gave our predictions, and then uh, we... Uh, uh, took care of business when uh, Alex uh, got on and did the um, title bout, gave us the, uh, the results on title bout. Uh, so um, what, uh, uh, what we're going to do today is uh, basically the same thing, uh, except uh, uh, as per request from Rick, uh, he wanted us to do uh, Durant, he wanted us to do um, Floyd Mayweather Jr. Now, he knows I'm not a big fan of Floyd Mayweather Jr., um, but uh, he thought it would be interesting to see us do a Floyd Mayweather Jr. Um, day of title bout. Uh, so what we did was um, I decided that I would put Floyd Mayweather. So, so people are always talking about the last great era uh, in, uh, in boxing. And uh, I just want to mention to everybody before I get into that, because I'm going to start getting on a flow here. Don't forget to order. Uh, I, I, you guys hear me talking all, all the time about Kenny Bears, right? The barbecue rub that I'm addicted to. I don't know what uh, Kenny puts in the stuff, but, you know, I can't I can't live without it. But he came out with two new uh, items that you can get right now by going to southerngourmetspice.com. Um, an all-purpose salt. Kenny Bear's all-purpose salt, and my new favorite, Kenny Bear's blackened seasoning. This stuff is is great, man. If you guys haven't gotten a bottle of this yet, and don't don't forget, don't forget, he's got his regular uh, uh, Kenny Bear's barbecue rub that made him famous. I'll tell you what made him famous was a uh, ad that we did. Um, well, uh, actually, I didn't do it, but um, LDL TV pro uh, produced an ad with him dressed as Tinkerbell. I'll see if I can get a copy of that. Um, some of the music that they play in the background is not actually acceptable on, on our uh, networks that we're on. 
uh, because of uh, licensing infringement. But I'll see if I can get you guys a copy of that. That's worth uh, watching this show just to see Kenny in a Tinkerbell outfit. But uh, but the truth of the matter is this stuff is the best. Get yourself uh, a bottle today. Visit southerngourmetspice.com and find out why uh, I can't put this stuff down. I put it on everything. I put it on burgers, I put it on chicken, I put it on pizza, I put it on pork, you know, anything that I eat, I I, I put the Kenny Bears products on, so uh, check it out, and I'm not just saying it, Uh, but anyway, I decided to do Floyd Mayweather Jr. against what many regard as the last great era of boxing, the 1980s, Um, and during the 1980s, we had the Fab Four, and the Fab Four uh, was... Um, basically, uh, Roberto Duran, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, and Tommy Hearns, and Marvin Hagler. So, uh, you know, me thinking, and uh, I'm saying to myself, well, um, you know, maybe we should uh, all uh, do that. So, uh, what what we decided we would do would be uh, um, put these put Floyd Mayweather Jr. up against uh, these four guys in four different weight classes. So we're going to start off by putting them up against Roberto Duran and at lightweight. Uh, you've heard us talk about Roberto Duran. Many people think of him as a welter because uh, they, they saw him fight Sugar Ray Leonard, but this guy, that was like his second part of his career. He fought till he was 50. I'll get to that in a second. We're going to put Floyd Mayweather Jr. up against Sugar Ray Leonard at welterweight. Uh, and we'll put, uh, at junior middleweight, we'll put Floyd against Tommy Hearns. And then at mil- middleweight, we'll put uh, Marvin Hagler. Um, one other thing I want to mention about uh, Floyd Mayweather is his daughter. You know, they, they say, what do they say? The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But his daughter, Yaya Mayweather, um, which I guess she's a a social media superstar or something. So it's considered a celebrity. I never heard of her uh, other than just being his daughter. But uh, apparently uh, she was arrested uh, the other night uh, for uh, stabbing uh, her boyfriend's uh, baby's mother. And uh, not with one, but with two kitchen knives. She was arrested and uh, freed on bail. She's got to return Monday, tomorrow. So... uh, uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, joining us right now, uh, we'll start off with him. Getting his thoughts on these fights uh, is my man, uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Hey, good morning. How's everybody? Uh, well, I'm doing okay. I thought it was going to be another nice day, but so far not so much. But uh, I know you uh, were a little hesitant to do these uh, matchups, but I, I do think they're fun. And I can't believe – I'm, I'm going to – I'm going to get off this for one second. What's what Winky Wright, man? How did Winky Wright become like this superstar knockout punch? He didn't even knock people out in his in his career, and he's and he beat Carlos Monzon. Before that, he beat Sugar Ray Leonard. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, look, this was developed to give fight fans something to talk about while there was no boxing, and. I've had this debate with people on social media who have all said the same thing. You know, when Winky was active, he wasn't a a knockout artist. But now, go along with the mentality of today's fans. Um, If you go on YouTube and if you Google 
Uh, take the the, the the original, the heavyweight uh, Legends tournament where they had uh, Butterbean in there and David Hay. And people were saying, well, how did David Hay and Butterbean somehow get in there with Joe Frazier, Holyfield, Lewis, Tyson, Foreman, etc.? Well, because you know what? Today's fan... They actually sit and they debate that. If you go on Google, I mean on YouTube, again, there's actually people who made videos on who would have won a fight between Butterbean and Mike Tyson in Mike Tyson's prime. Remember, Butterbean actually did at some point in time say he could beat Mike Tyson in the four-rounder. So, you know, the people over at Camosa AG and Sourland, they did their homework. They know what the fans have been talking about, no matter how absurd it is. And so, you know, they just did something there to make people think and give them something to talk about. As for uh, Winky right knocking people out, yeah, you know, to stretch, you know, Winky, um, especially if he was ever pressured, you know, Winky uh, shelled up, he was such a great defensive fighter, but, um, you know, it's not um, irrational to think that Winky could beat any of those guys, just, I just think the, uh, the shocker is that the game somehow had him by knockout, but again, this was all in fun, it was to give something for the fans to talk about, debate about why there's no boxing, mission accomplished, and the fans just taking it a little bit too seriously. All right, so Dax, uh, we have uh, um, Floyd Mayweather in our fantasy uh, matchups, and, and I wanted to put him first against uh, Roberto Duran uh, in the lightweight division. So I, I think it's it's important to to look at these fights at the divisions that we're, we're putting them against. So um, Floyd Mayweather obviously fought in the lightweight division, um, and uh, I, I have him against Roberto Duran. What's your thoughts if you could come up with a time machine and bring back a, a prime lightweight Floyd Mayweather against a prime lightweight Roberto Duran, how do you see it going? Um, well, you got to figure that was two different versions of Floyd Mayweather. You know, that my lightweight, that was the money Mayweather. So, um... And he, and he was an aggressive fighter. That, that's the era... That and I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's the era of Floyd Mayweather that really showcased his talent. If he continued to fight in that style, I don't think there would be any no one like myself who 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 criticizes him because he was exciting then. I remember watching him, um, and, and you know he was fast. He went in for the kill. He he was he was exciting. He just lost all of that when he became um, Money Mayweather. Well, he didn't lose it. He just chose to fight defensively. Whether or not you like it, Bill, whether or not anybody else likes it, it doesn't matter. Point of the matter is, he went out there, he did his job, the sweet science. I have never been, you know, a huge Floyd Mayweather fan, but you can't take nothing away from him, period. No. Uh, well, that goes without I saying. I mean, you can dislike what you just can't take nothing away from him. I mean, people, including you, and me and you have had this conversation a million times off air, a lot of people have to just get over this thing where they insist that fighters from past eras are better than fighters in today and you're going to beat fighters from today and guys from eras in the past were so much tougher. They ate nails for breakfast in the morning without milk and all that. You mean, stop, you know, get over it. Take a 154-pound division, for example. Look at the um, guys 
from since you mentioned Winky Wright, that's why I bring up the 154 pound division and Fernando Vargas, who was also in that middleweight tournament. He got knocked out by uh, Sugar Ray Robinson. Now take those guys and put them in against a Jared Hurd or a Charlo. Even if you know they're more skilled, the fact of the matter is there's that natural size difference. Like the heavyweight division, look the size of heavyweights today. There, you know, you have that size difference, and then you add that skill level in there, and then all of a sudden, you know what? You got good big men against very great smaller men, and the good big men most likely are going to win every single time. So we as boxing fans need to stop with the fantasy that every single fighter pre-1990 is going to beat every fighter afterwards. Well, not every, but a lot. And and a lot of the rules have changed too. So the reason why Jared Hurd can be so big and step in the ring at 170 pounds when he's fighting at, at junior middleweight uh, limit of 154 is because of the weigh-in rules difference. They used to weigh in the same day and, and all that. So putting those rules aside, um, Floyd Mayweather against Roberto Duran at lightweight, how do you see it going? Well, since um, Floyd Mayweather was a more aggressive fighter, I can see him, you know, um, trading with Roberto Duran. Remember the fight that Floyd had with uh, Castillo, where uh, most people believe that, you know, Floyd lost that fight. Uh, Roberto Duran is a much better version, more aggressive and skilled fighter than Jose Luis Castillo. So at lightweight, I'd have to go with Roberto Duran. Uh, I don't doubt it. I don't. I don't. All you have to do is go watch Duran. At lightweight, and if no one has ever watched him at lightweight, because like I opened up uh, the show, a lot of people think of Roberto Duran. The first fight that, when, when I bring up Roberto Duran's number and, and I talk to him, what do you think the first fight people say? I know you're going to get this out of, the get, out of the gate, Dax, but what's the first fight that people mention when you mention Roberto's name? Um, Leonard. The no mas. No mas, exactly. I hear I hear people that have never really watched his early fights, and they bring up, well, he quit the no mas fight. You know, it's like, man, even the quitting, which we, we crucified the man for uh, during the time and for 20 years after, wasn't, uh, it was more of a, out of frustration than anything else. Not that I'm making an excuse, but. Uh, yes, yes. Now, Bill, not to interrupt you, but take that fight right there. Think about Vassal Lomachenko. And the guys that he made, think about Lomachenko versus Rigandau, um, you know, who is a great fighter and how Lomachenko made him quit. You know, I think what was it, three or four guys in a row, quality fighters that Lomachenko made quit. And do you think that those guys are ever going to um, be fully remembered for the time that Lomachenko made them quit? But no, you know, it was kind of like the same thing. It was a little bit different because... Yeah, Roberto Duran was frustrated because he wanted Leonard to stand there and trade with him. And with Momonchenko, the guys were just like, you know what? They, they just they were frustrated. They knew they were outclassed. Uh, they were getting hit. They were embarrassed, and, and they ended up quitting. So, again, that goes back to my point on, you know, fans. Um, you know, we got to be a little bit fair here, you know? I think um, if we're going to sit there and crucify somebody like Duran, in 20 years, Gil, uh, and when Regendahl's name is mentioned... I think maybe the first thing fans should start saying is, oh, remember the time he quit against uh, Lomachenko? Well, we should stop, you know, criticizing Duran for it. I want to give a, take a second here to give a shout-out to the Philippines. Apparently, we got uh, several uh, viewers and listeners in the chat room from the Philippines, which I think is cool. So I appreciate uh, you guys stopping by. All right, uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. at welterweight going up against Sugar Ray Leonard. Um you know, I was surprised to see Leonard uh, in any kind of game lose to Winky Wright. 
And the reason is Sugar Ray Leonard, I'm, I'm going to get more into it after, uh, and all these fighters in a little bit later. I just want to get your thoughts. But I will say this about Sugar Ray Leonard. Sugar Ray Leonard, although he was a skilled boxer, he, he, he mixed it up too. He got in there and, and Sugar Ray Leonard fought um, pretty, pretty aggressively at times uh, to, 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 to think of him against Floyd Mayweather Jr. at welterweight. I think actually would be a, a fantastic matchup, if not really the best one of this list. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, I, I don't think Floyd is going to outbox Sugar Ray. Not that Sugar Ray. What? Wait. Not that. I, what I was going to say is not that Sugar Ray could outbox Floyd. I think that they were very similar in their boxing technique. Um, I do think Floyd. Now, my opinion of Floyd's defense isn't like a Lomachenko defense. Lomachenko is standing right in front of you, and you can't hit the guy. Floyd runs to the other side. He can't hit his opponent either with his defense. Sugar Ray Leonard had uh, um, a very deceiving defense, and I think that Sugar Ray Leonard clearly had more punching power. Um, what's your thoughts on a Mayweather-Sugar Ray Leonard matchup at welterweight? Yes, uh, agree. You know, uh, Ray Leonard. I'm I'm glad you did say about the the boxing part. Um, that's what I was going to interject with. Uh, you know, Ray Leonard. He could be outboxed. Remember the first Tommy Hearns fight. Tommy Hearns was outboxing Ray, and then Ray did exactly what you said, where he could be aggressive. That's when Ray had to uh, more or less he totally change his style. He became the puncher, which is what Tommy Hearns entered as was the puncher, and then Ray ended up knocking Tommy out. Another thing that people forget is Ray was a very big welterweight. People think that um, Errol Spence is a big welterweight. Ray Leonard was a big welterweight, and he had some punching power, and that was a debate. One of the things that people brought up uh, with the Winky Wright fight was that, you know, Winky wouldn't have had the power to keep Ray off of him. So I think that Ray, he would have um, fought a tactical fight against uh, Floyd. But, you know, I think that Ray would not have been uh, thrown off by the shoulder roll, which is what Floyd, uh, you know, that was Floyd uh, bread and butter, you know, using that shoulder roll, you know, with a lot of catch and shoot, and that's how he scored his points. But I think Ray would find a way to outpoint Floyd unless Floyd sat in the middle of the ring and, you know, tried to uh, go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him, you know, which he did with Shane Mosley at times. But Ray, being the bigger and stronger fighter, uh, would have overcame that. And I think their fight would have went very uh, much like... Uh, of Ray Leonard and uh, Floyd Sr. With Ray coming out on top. Well, you know, Floyd Sr., and people always laugh at me about this, and you're included, but I think if you could go back in a time machine and put Floyd Sr. against Floyd Jr., I I'd put my money on Sr., and the reason why is because he he did have more pop than Jr. Jr. did not have any pop, although he did, his accumulation would stop people. And, and again, at the younger uh, at the lower weights, he he was definitely when he was money weight. When he was uh, pretty boy Floyd, he was uh, much more um, aggressive. But uh, uh, so I, I'm sorry. Who who wins? Uh, Sugar and Ray Leonard. He was a small welterweight, you know, compared to these other guys. You know, all with all fairness, compared to uh, Sugar Ray, compared to Tommy Hearns, Floyd Mayweather was a small welterweight. Uh, you know what? Uh, Small welterweight compared to uh, Errol Spence or uh, even um, um, Keith Thurman. See, I don't, I don't, I can't stand when people say how small he was because they were talking about that when the fight 
when people were trying to entice the the uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. against Triple G, and they all kept saying, "Oh, Triple G, way too big, way too big, way too big." And your and, first thing defense on that is, "Well, Triple G's a small middleweight, so well, well, Triple there." Well, trip, uh, uh, Triple G, I think, could could fight at 154, and Floyd won a title at 154. So, um, I, no, I don't think that he was that small. I think people start. I think all his fanboys were saying that as an excuse, but that's my opinion. Who did you pick, uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. against Sugar Ray Leonard? Who wins? Um, I I think um, Ray. Because he's so versatile, and I again, I point to the first Tommy Hearns fight where Ray turned into the puncher. I think it would be that versatility, the size difference, where Ray outpoints Floyd. I don't think he knocks him out. I think he outpoints Floyd. Interesting. At junior middleweight... Because uh, remember... Look, and the reason why I say that for anybody, you know, for the ones that are ready to crucify me on that is... Look at how Marcos Maidano... Swarm Floyd. He really kept Floyd's um, defense, um, you know, his uh, de- uh, offensive output to a minimum. So, you know, I could see Ray doing exactly that. That's uh, interesting. Hey, I want to give a shout out to my man Joel. Joel is always thinking of us. Uh, he wants to make sure we're all well, and he's thanking us for doing the show, entertaining it. But he always, he always hooks us up with a super chat, and uh, I want to give my uh, my best to my man Joel. Uh, one of our uh, favorite uh, viewers and listeners, for sure. Um, Tommy Hearns, and, and you know, in, in Floyd Mayweather's defense, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and, and Tommy Hearns both went up uh, in weight and actually uh, won titles in, in uh, much larger weight classes. I, both of them ended up with a light heavyweight title. Um, and I think Tommy Hearns even had uh, some cruiserweight title at one point. Uh, but uh, Tommy Hearns... I always loved Tommy Hearns. I mean, there was just something about him. Uh, to this day, I love him. And I would have loved to have seen Tommy Hearns fight Floyd Mayweather. And, you know, the question, the, the age-old question with Floyd, assuming that he is, you know, money Mayweather, would he have even fought these guys? And that's that's the other thing. You know, he has traditionally run, and, and, and no, I don't mean physically run, but avoid um, these top fighters at least when they were in their prime these four guys all fought each other uh you know in their primes uh, or at, at least at the heyday i mean Hagler never returned after the sugar ray leonard fight but uh, uh tommy hearns was was around loved the guy uh treated us treated us to some great fights with all of these uh fellas that we have in this mix how does he fare against floyd mayweather should the time machine uh, be able to bring us back and and have tommy go up against floyd at junior middleweight that would be an interesting fight um floyd would not be able to uh sit on the ropes and use the shoulder roll with tommy simply because you know tommy hearns had such brutal one punch knockout power and you um take the uh tommy hearns versus uh roberto duran fight for example when he just totally starched duran and just laid him on his face so, um, that, you know, that's very much what I would see happening with uh, Tommy versus Floyd. But on the other hand, too, I can also see where uh, you know, Floyd makes Tommy chase him all night. So, you know, it's, it's, it, that's a close fight. It's a toss-up. I'm not really sure who I'd be able to pick in this one. But, you know, I would have to, you know, uh, say that at that weight, because Floyd was a defensive fighter, you know, at 147 pounds going on up, that, uh, you know, Tommy ends up catching him on the ropes. And Tommy Hearns, out of the Fab Four, you know, a lot of people will disagree with me, but he was the best pure boxer out of the Fab Four. Tommy Hearns. 
Tommy Hearns was the best boxer out of all of them. You go back and watch all their fights. When it came to boxing, Tommy Hearns was the best boxer out of all of them. And that's why I mentioned, that's why I referenced the very first uh, Hearns-Leonard fight when Hearns was just totally outboxing Leonard and Leonard had to turn into the aggressor. You know, Tommy's weak point was his chin and going late into fights, you know, he had a little bit of a stamina problem. Yeah, uh, that's because of his upper body was so muscular. And those legs, he could never. I, I know he worked the legs. He had them skinny legs. He had them down to wilder legs. He he had, uh, you know, and he worked them. They were muscle bound, but they were so small, and they, and they failed them. And you're 100 percent right. I agree. But he is very similar to Deontay Wilder, in my opinion, in terms of uh, freakish punching power for his size. I'm not so sure anybody could punch uh, as hard as he could um, when he fought Marvin Hagler. And we learned a decade later he broke his hand in that uh, in that first round where he rocked Hagler. That was the first time I ever saw Hagler even get rocked. I mean, even even close to being rocked. I mean, he was staggered in that in that fight. And and uh, you know, uh, well, that's a, that was the best three live rounds of boxing I ever witnessed. But uh, anyway, speaking of Hagler, yeah, and that was and, and let's be honest. I mean, yeah, and that was you know uh, probably three of the most exciting rounds of all time. But that wasn't really like those those weren't three skilled rounds, you know. And that's what frustrates me, Bill. And you know us, you know our job, you know, you know, having a show like this and talking to the fans, especially the younger fans, you know, we have to be a little bit honest that there was no real boxing. That was just fighting. That was pure fighting. And you hear these people talk about it was so skilled and it was a, a skilled brutality. No, Tommy Hearns and Marvin Hagler just fought for three rounds. When you look at that, you know, that was just an all out as uh, Jim Ross would say, slobber knocker. You know, I don't know, man. Um, I, you know, sometimes, uh, those kinds of fights, uh, you know, if you want to really pinpoint and, and look at skill and, and all of that, that's great. But a lot of times uh, you got to look deep and, and they're not exciting, you know, here in that. And, and it was exciting. I mean, but, but you know, no, but what I'm saying, skill wise, but what I'm saying is that those two fighters who definitely possess skill, uh, especially Tommy Hearns, um, styles make fights, fighters make fights. And, you know, that fight was billed as the war, and it certainly lived up to it. And I, I love it. I thought it was great. And, and quite honestly, I like those kind of fights. I know that that doesn't display skill set, but it displays skin and defense. Uh, chin, I should say. Oh, sure, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, my, my point is, is that, you know, those three rounds were they were exciting they were they were you know three of the most brutal rounds that anybody's ever going to see it's just you know uh you know the it wasn't like a master boxing class uh, in, in fact if you wanted to it wasn't quite as violent but you know um the first uh the Manny Pacquiao and uh, Juan Manuel Marquez fight when they traded their knockdowns in those in that early rounds and uh, they you know that was not only uh, was there a lot of violence in there but you know those guys actually boxed at a higher level in that round and finally, at middleweight, um, which I've always thought Floyd could have fought at. I know he, he did. He ever fight at middleweight? Did did, did Floyd no. ever step in at one sixty? Um, no. uh, okay, um, I'm, I'm trying. Did he ever fight heavier than one fifty four? No, I mean, he might have fought at one fifty five. Yeah. Okay. You mean you mean Canelo's weight class? When Canelo had the yeah. when Canelo had, when Canelo changed the the middleweight uh, limit to one fifty five one fifty four point five I don't know but uh, yeah no, I, I don't I, I think I think Floyd's highest weight might have been like one 
152 or 153 or something like that. I don't know. You know, he has he has a small frame. You know, we have to remember that Floyd started out as a super featherweight. Yeah. Or maybe even a featherweight, if I'm not mistaken. He's 5'8", same height as, as all all these guys except for... Yeah, uh, started out at that same weight, too, so... Against Hagler, at middleweight, how's he do? I actually think um, at middleweight, I actually think he beats Hagler. You know, I, I, was, I was really... That fight, you know, I'm not going to argue too much because... You know, the thing about Hagler, and I think we all have to look at the Sugar Ray Leonard fight when you think about Hagler against uh, against Floyd Mayweather. And, you know, against a good boxer, I mean, he, he was, Hagler was a great, no question, an all-time great. Um, but uh, against pure boxers, he had some trouble. I don't know if I agree because of one thing. I, I think you make a great point. And um, I was on the fence with this one. Out of out of the fights, I was on the fence with this one. And the one reason why I, I have a tendency, and I'll give you my predictions later, but one of the uh, one of the tendencies I, I lean towards Hagler is that he was fantastic at cutting the ring off, Dax. And I think that that would have helped him against Floyd. I'm assuming Floyd runs. I'm assuming Floyd tries to to nail you know score a couple of punches and then get out of harm's way. I think Hagler, of all of these fights, uh, of all of these fighters, Hagler and Duran actually um, cut the ring off better than better than most. What, what's your thoughts on that? Duran was, um, and again, you know, we go back to the lightweight version of Duran. Um, you know, he was just so uh, tenacious. I guess you know is the only word you can use. He it was nonstop with Duran at that weight. You know, you, you didn't have a second to breathe, and that's what um, made him so great. But um, at uh, middleweight, what I think we would see is a combination of Floyd Mayweather, the guy that sits on the ropes and uses the shoulder roll, and added in with a little bit of that Floyd Mayweather, you know, the um, the pretty boy Floyd, where he uses his feet when he has to, and that's why um, you know he would frustrate and out box Marvin Hagler. Of course, he's not going to knock him out, and we do know, you know, how tough Marvin was, but, you know, you hit it on, on the head. He had trouble with the boxers. Floyd Mayweather was versatile. We know he wasn't going to knock out Marvin Hagler. If Tommy Hearns couldn't do it, Anna Fermo couldn't do it, Floyd Mayweather Jr. certainly isn't doing it, but I could see Floyd Mayweather going around pot-shotting and winning a decision. The other thing is he was a southpaw, and, uh, and you know, uh, I mean, let's face it, Floyd Mayweather Jr. did not like fighting southpaws. You know, so, um, but uh, in any event, um, all right. So you basically uh, uh, give uh, Floyd Mayweather a win over Hagler, but losses to the other three. Is that how it unshook? Um, and, and again, it, it depends at the weight. I think Floyd beats Duran at um, one forty-seven. I don't think he beats him at lightweight. And I think just Ray Leonard. Um, he has too many tools. He's um, he's versatile like Floyd. He can be a defensive fighter or an offensive fighter. And I believe that because of that, with the size and his power, that Leonard is the one that you know will beat him. And I think with Tommy Hearns, uh, Tommy Hearns again, uh, because he's such a good boxer and he has such power, either uh, either one of those methods, if Floyd would have. Um, stood there and try and trade with Tommy the way Tommy traded with Hagler. Floyd would end up getting knocked out. Floyd made on the ropes. Tommy being, you know, um, not only a hard puncher, but an accurate puncher, he'd catch him very much the way he caught Duran, and Floyd end up on his face. Well, I appreciate that. I know you wanted to mention uh, something about the uh, ring, uh, I mean, the New York State uh, Boxing Hall of Fame committee. 
I mean, yeah, New York State Boxing Hall of Fame and Ring 8, um, you know, this is a tough time for, you know, for everybody um, being out of work uh, with, you know, with the COVID-19 outbreak, and, you know, the pandemic going on. Uh, you know, what a lot of people forget, Bill, is that these fighters, not every fighter out there makes a lot of money, you know, yeah, even a lot of these women have world titles, you know, they, they've never made six figures. But, you know, um, these fighters, especially um, these journeymen, they work full-time jobs, you know, um, um, less, uh, less, uh, um, Le- um, Mikel, uh, Les, uh, Lespierre, uh, you know, he fought for 140 pound world title against, uh, Maurice Hooker. He actually works at my doctor's office in Mount Sinai as a uh, administrator, you know, so, um, these guys that, you know, they have families, they have bills to pay. So ring eight and the New York state boxing hall of fame, what they're doing is they're trying, they're, they're actually helping out any fighters, um, trainers, coaches right now that are in need, trying to get over the hump, you know, with some groceries, utilities, et cetera, you know, for their families. Uh, you know, if you contact Bob Duffy, who's a great guy, or you even contact, um, Bob Trigger, um, you know, get you the application and, you know, they're not giving, you know, um, you know, a lot of money, but you know, it's a, you know, a little stipend just to help people, you know, get by in this tough time. You know, it's actually boxing looking out, you know, for boxing fighters, looking out for fighters and they deserve a mention for that. They deserve, you know, credit for that. And, you know, at a time like this, everybody's coming together. I mean, they actually helped us out over at our gym just recently. So, um, any fighter out there, uh, you know, who's going through some hard times, any coaches out there, you know, you have to be a registered licensed coach that's having a hard time. They can go over to our website, uh, you know, BillCBoxing.com. I have uh, up there, I have the article and links on there. Get in touch with them, you know, if you're in uh, true need and, you know, they're going to help you get over that hump, you know, in times like this. You know, they helped out uh, Brian Costello, uh, who's a fighter, a uh, pro fighter by me, and um, his fight over at the, the Catskills Clash um, 3 or 4, I forget what it is, but it was supposed to take place next week. That was canceled, you know, so that kind of, you know, put him in, you know, in a bad spot. And New York State Boxing Hall of Fame and Ring 8 is reaching out there and they're helping their own. Well, that's uh, that's good, you know. I, I mean, you know, I, I think, um, you know, deeds deeds like that should be uh, publicized, and I'm glad you, uh, glad you brought that up because... Um, you know, so often do we get the negativity about boxing, you know, so uh, that's good stuff. I'm glad you shared that with us. Dax, continue to get well, and uh, we'll look forward yeah, to slow, you next week. Slow, slowly but surely, you know, I'm, uh, I'm healing up. Let me tell you something, you know, the, the, that, that virus is no joke. Let me tell you, you know, it, Bill, it put me on my ass. Yeah, well, it seemed to be doing that to a lot of people. So uh, uh, thanks for uh, taking the time with us. We'll look forward to you next week. All right, everybody, enjoy your day. That's uh, Dax Khan. You can check out his column up on BillyGBoxing.com. And uh, especially, uh, uh, you know, he's responsible for getting uh, all of the good stuff that we got. And, and all the other writers, too. I'm not going to slight any of them either. Uh, Johnston does a great job, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, uh, anyway, um, I uh, uh, want to remind you guys, you know how uh, high I am on the Kenny Bears products, the Southern Gourmet Spice line of uh, spices. Uh, but uh, make sure you uh, get yourself a uh, bottle of each of them. And start off with my new favorite, one of the newer uh, products is the Kenny Bears Blackened Seasoning. Uh, his all-purpose salt is second to none. Uh, and, of course, the original Kenny Bears Barbecue Rub. Get yourself a bottle right now. Just go to southerngourmetspice.com. And make sure you tell them 
uh, Billy C. sent you. And uh, joining us uh, right now is my man, uh, Alex Papali. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Billy C. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay in this crazy mixed-up world we live in. And uh, yeah. I was, I was kind of, you know, I, I mean, I we got a lot of positive response uh, from the uh, uh, title bout that we did uh, last week, uh, which was cool. Uh, I know uh, I, I talked a little about it with with Dax, but they they had the World Boxing Super Series had their version. Uh, of uh, uh, of the the I guess matchups. I'm just shocked. I, not, nothing against Winky Reich. I'm I'm just shocked that he he did so well. But uh, uh, one of our viewers and listeners asked to see Floyd Mayweather against some all time greats. So I picked the Fab Four, and I figured you would be uh, into that. And uh, uh, we all love uh, all four of those fighters. And I, I'm gonna. Uh, go now with you and and give you my thoughts before you give your opinion and then of course the uh, the breakdown. Uh, first and foremost, the first fight we're gonna uh, look at is Roberto Duran uh, going up against Floyd Mayweather Jr. at lightweight. Um, interesting thing: the computer ranks Floyd Mayweather Jr. as the number one pound for pound all time great, which just nauseates me to no end. You you know that, okay? Um, Roberto right. Duran at lightweight is ranked, well, just Roberto Duran in general, is actually the second highest ranked fighter of the Fab Four that we're going to be talking about today. And he's at number 12, uh, 11 spots below uh, Floyd Mayweather. Now, when I take a look at uh, Roberto Duran, um, I said earlier, Alex, that most people look at the No Moss fight uh, as his. Uh, as his, you know, oh, that's Roberto Duran thing. But he had already been fighting for, for 10 years. The guy started in 1968. Um, you know, he his first loss didn't come until 1972 against Esteban Jesus. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, D. Jesus. Uh, Jesus says. I'm, I'm really batting a thousand today with the with the murdering of, uh, of language, no matter which one. But he, he lost a 10-round decision. Uh, to De Jesus uh, in 1972. But the fight that, one of the fights that I love the most, and I mean, when you look at this guy and, and the, the record that he had, I mean, wins over quality fighters, Lou Bizarro. Uh, he fought uh, Esteban De Jesus three times. He had two wins and, and one loss. Um, you know, uh, he's got wins over Carlos Palmaro. Uh, he, um, Jimmy uh, Batten, P Pepino Cuevas, Davey Moore, uh, Sean Fitzgerald, who in 1993 was already well past his prime, 17 and 0. I ran the blade Barkley, which was talk about big uh, middleweights, uh, and the list goes on and on and on. Especially earlier in his career, he beat every top contender that was out there. One of my favorite fights at lightweight was the win over Kenny Buchanan when he won uh, the title in 1972. Um, Kenny Buchanan uh, still complains about that fight, but it was a great fight. I also watched uh, all of the uh, De Jesus uh, fights, and you got to see a fighter in Roberto Duran who was an extremely good boxer. The, the, the worst part about uh, Roberto Duran is the fact that most people remember him, uh, like I said, in the Sugar Ray Leonard fights, and he had already... Uh, been around for a decade. You, you got to really appreciate him as a lightweight. He was a vicious, 
uh, fighter. He would come in to kill you, but he could box, and his defense was solid. Uh, his last fight in 2001 against Hector Camacho, he lost a 12-round decision, went 12 rounds at 50 years old. I mean, and if it wasn't for the auto accident that punctured his lung, he said he was going to continue fighting. Uh, if he stepped in the ring at uh, lightweight against Floyd Mayweather, and when I look at Floyd's record, uh, yes, he had an a impressive uh, record at even at lightweight, but never fought the guys uh, when he got his first uh, title shot, never fought the guys leading up to that shot, Hanero uh, Hernandez, uh, that, uh, that Roberto Duran fought at lightweight. I mean, uh, Hector Arroyo might have been one of the best fighters that he fought. I mean, if you look at them based on their record, a lot of them had at least four losses uh, all the way up until his world title fight. Then, you know, he followed that with a demolishing of uh, uh, Angel Manfredi, who was um, well well uh, beat up. Uh, I remember watching the Justin Juco fight. Everyone criticized him for that. I mean, it just, it, it, he became the cherry picker, fought Oscar De La Hoya 10 years after he should have. Ricky Hatton was was uh, spent. Arturo Gotti, he was way bigger than. Chop Chop Corley was already on his way out. I mean, I, I don't know, Alex, and I'm curious to get your opinion and then see how the, uh, how the game fares, but I, I, I don't think it would have been close. I disagree with, with uh, Dax. Dax picked Roberto Duran. But I don't think it would have been close. I think Roberto Duran's boxing skill and his ability to cut the ring off, plus his viciousness, would have knocked out Floyd Mayweather at lightweight, and that's my opinion. I think he beats him. I would be shocked if the game doesn't say that. Uh, and I would be shocked if... Um, I, you know what? I wouldn't be shocked because the game is going to... Uh, they obviously value Floyd's uh, defensive abilities, which is basically just a track meet. I, I picked Duran... Uh, to beat Floyd by knockout. That's my prediction. How did you see it, and then how did the game see it? Um, I I think that uh, Duran um, at lightweight was the most fearsome, uh, was the greatest lightweight of all time. And I think in his career, those were his most fearsome, some of his most fearsome victories were at lightweight. Although... Um, you know, you could argue that um, his the brawl in Mart Montreal, uh, the win over Sugar Ray Leonard, was one of his was one of his very best victories. But I I kind of uh, agree with you that the Esteban de Jesus fights and the um, Kenny Buchanan fights that's that's prime Duran, um, and he Duran was uh, a fearsome symbol even to other fighters. Uh, remember, there's that famous moment where. Uh, Joe Frazier was doing the pay-per-view commentary for the um, uh, brawl in Montreal, and the the guy, the the blow-by-blow -blow announcer is sort of teasing Joe, sort of saying, you know, who does Joe, uh, who does Duran remind you of? It seemed like he was trying to elicit a response from Joe, like, you know, he's a pressure fighter, he's a volume puncher, he's kind of like me. But Frazier looks at him and he goes. Uh, Charles Manson. So even <laughs> even fearsome fighters like Joe Frazier were afraid of uh, Roberta Duran because that's the kind of uh, frightening figure he cut in the ring. And uh, like you said, Kenny Buchanan um, thinks of Roberta Duran every time he uh, uh, makes water. And um, 
And if you've watched that, I mean, that's one of the, the great things about this time for us uh, is that we have, we're lucky to um, be fans of the sports that, of the sport that is by far the most rewatchable. Um, and there's lots on YouTube. And you can get the, the Brawl in Montreal on YouTube. You can get Duran Buchanan on YouTube. You can get, um, I'm pretty sure you can get Floyd Mayweather versus uh, Jesus Chavez. For me, I thought the best Floyd ever was, was at 130. Now, remember at 135, he probably ran into arguably his toughest fight in Jose Luis Castillo. Um, was Duran better than Jose Luis Castillo? Yes. So I agree with you. I think uh, Duran, um, I would favor Duran at lightweight, and so does the game. Uh, and should I want me to break it down? Yeah, one thing I do want to say uh, before you do that, if if no one has ever seen the Roberto Duran uh, De Jesus fights, I, you should check them out. Even the one that he lost um, shows a version of Duran that was a really good boxer. I mean, employing the jab and movement and viciousness. I, I, I mean, very hard. And I got to be honest, I was I was more of a Sugar Ray Leonard fan when Duran fought Sugar Ray Leonard. But as I went back and, and revisited, you know, a lot of earlier stuff from from Duran, I, I'm with you. I'm, I was always a big uh, Bonnie Ross fan at, at lightweight. But, I, you know, I've evolved into thinking that, you know, Duran might have been the best lightweight ever. Um, you know, it, it, the the way he fought at lightweight uh, was uh, was the way all fighters should fight. But anyway, how did the game how did the game go? Uh, the game agrees when they fight the first time at 135 pounds. Uh, and let me just say for the record, we're talking uh, 12 round fights. We're using the modern rules. Uh, 12 round fights, no three knockdown rule. Uh, you cannot be saved by the bell ever, and only the referee can stop the fight. No, uh, you can switch it so the doctor can too. I make it so that the referee only. Um, so according to those rules, uh, Duran wins by knockout at two minutes forty-eight seconds of round number eleven. He really uh, in the toward, in the late half of the fight, he really battered uh, Floyd Mayweather. In the ninth round, he put him down once. And uh, then Floyd gets up. Uh, to his credit, Floyd really showed a lot of guts. He got put down uh, again in the 10th and then um, stopped uh, in the 11th. He was down twice in the 11th and counted out, uh, which, you know, I, I think that that's a fair, uh, realistic assessment. I mean, we've never saw, we never saw Floyd, you know, stopped. But I think against the great Roberta Duran, I, I don't think it would be out of the question. One thing that, you know, like you and Dax were saying, that you could argue um, is, and this is something Mike Tyson always used to say, athletes don't get worse, they get better. So you could argue that everybody from the modern era has an advantage over guys from the older eras because... We know more about training, nutrition. People are just bigger and stronger. That be, and like you said, weigh-ins are different. So now, guys, uh, what the science of boxing in a way is also a science of dehydration. If a guy knows that, hey, I can lose 
12 pounds and regain it overnight, you can fight two divisions higher than you really would be. You know, that wasn't really possible uh, back in the 70s and before. So I could see why some of the older uh, researchers think, you know, the new the newer guys aren't as tough. But Dax is absolutely right. Some people just have a bias that they think that, you know, if you were born in the uh, 50s or 60s, you're the kind of fighter that, you know, uh, eats nails with no milk. I like that saying. I like that, too. He's, he <laughs> comes really out with good. some good ones. But I, the thing is, well, look, finish. What about 100 times? So, but that being said, of course, we're talking about major extremes here. We are talking about who I think, and a lot, I'm, a lot of people agree with us, the best lightweight ever. Um, when they fight 100 times, Floyd uh, does not do well. He wins only 16 and Duran wins 79 fights. There's, they draw five times. Floyd is able to stop Duran three times out of those 16 wins. Of those 79 victories, the 135-pound Roberta Duran stopped Floyd 37 times. You know, he, here's the, the big thing about the argument about uh, fighters being tougher and they're eating nails, and and Dax was wrong. They they did put milk in their nail uh, breakfast, but but the, you know the the thing is is that the fighters of yesteryear, the sport of yesteryear, and it was was better. And the reason why is because they fought the better fights. Even putting aside, and I agree, I've said it myself many times that the nutritional improvements and and training techniques uh, where they don't beat up your body, you know, running up and down hills in work boots, chopping wood, rolling lo rolling logs and big boulders around. It all worked, but it also beat the hell out of your body. They can accomplish the same thing today, less uh, long-term damage on the bodies. Uh, I get it, and I agree with that. That technology has, has really helped all of our athletes. Same thing, you could take a football linebacker from the 60s and put him up against a linebacker today. And uh, he'll run him over and he'll be like, what was the license plate on that truck? You know, I mean, no question. But the difference in boxing specifically is the level of competition. These guys are not fighting the fights that they used to yesteryear. Now, they're not fighting it because of the damage that those fights, the toll that it took on the fighters. That's that's proven. So I understand the safety aspect. But as far as overall, there's no way. Someone can convince me, even with the training techniques and nutritional improvements, etc., that fighters of today would have beaten fighters of yesteryear, assuming you, uh, you know, fought under those same rules as yesteryear. Today's rules are, are skewed towards the modern fighter, to, to protect the fighter. Uh, none of that was in place of the yesteryear fighters, which adds to the toughness, I believe. But that's just me. I see a lot of fighters today uh, being coddled all the way up to the title, and then we're expected to watch a fighter develop as a champion, which is totally reverse of what happened in the, the years gone by. But uh, anyway, the next fight uh, is uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. at welterweight, which was his primary weight class, going up against Sugar Ray Leonard. This particular fight, uh, again, you know, everybody knows Floyd Mayweather, great defensive fighter. Uh, pinpoint accuracy, um, but his defensive skill, although everyone regards it as so great, wasn't a Lomachenko defense. 
like I say, or or a Henry Armstrong. Well, Henry Armstrong was offensive minded, but Sugar Ray uh, um, Robinson, Sugar Ray Leonard. These fighters, their defense was was much better in a sense because they were still in position to inflict damage on their opponents, whereas Floyd was not. And Floyd would move out of harm's way. Yeah, you couldn't hit him. You couldn't hit him. You'd hit air. But he wasn't hitting you either. The, the, the positive of Floyd's defense for an opponent is that he's not going to hit you. The negative is you can't hit him either. So I think that that's important. That's an important factor for young boxing fans to understand because they've been brainwashed to think that Floyd's defensive skill was second to none, and it's just not true. His, his skill set and defensive uh, proudness was good to avoid being hit, but it wasn't good in a sense where he could inflict damage on his opponent. Sugar Ray Leonard could. Now, Sugar Ray Leonard's an interesting uh, a matchup with Floyd because when you look at Sugar Ray, he too was kind of protected early on. I mean, he was the, 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 the uh, Olympic darling. Uh, he fought uh, tough fighters early on, fighters with a lot of experience. But as soon as he got to a certain point, you can see the carefully selected uh, opposition, uh, not as noticeable as Floyd's, but he did fight the Floyd Seniors, the Randy Shields, uh, Bernardo Pradas, uh, those types of fighters that were all uh, ranked fighters. Uh, you get up into 1979 when he really stepped it up and, and beat guys like uh, Ranzani, uh, you know, Wilfred Benitez, uh, Davy Boy Green, uh, his uh, fights with Roberto Duran, uh, the, the fight with uh, Tommy Hearns, uh, et cetera, et cetera. He then took... Uh, a two-year layoff, came back and kind of struggled with Kevin Howard, then took a three-year layoff and uh, rocked your world uh, by uh, squeaking out a, a victory over marvelous Marvin Hagler. And then, uh, you know, he finished his career with um, Donnie Lodlande, which I, I still to this day can't get over. Um, Tommy Hearns, uh, another fight with him. <coughs> Excuse me, a third fight with uh, Roberto Duran. Uh, and then back-to-back uh, -back losses, Terry Norris and, and uh, Hector Camacho. How does he fare, in my opinion, against Floyd Mayweather? Well, both fighters are smart. Both can move. Both can box. Um, I, I think Ray was smarter, and I think Ray packed a, a, a more powerful punch. I think his height advantage, he would have had a two-inch uh, height advantage over Floyd. I think his boxing skill would have equaled Floyd's. Uh, I think his boxing knowledge, knowing how to cut the ring off, would have would have hurt Floyd in the long run. I don't mean hurt him physically, but hurt him on the scorecards. I, I think Ray Leonard beats Floyd Mayweather, and I think that Ray Leonard beats him. Um, I, my my first selection would be by decision. I, I think he would outpoint uh, Floyd, but over time, the more Floyd fought Ray Leonard, would benefit Ray Leonard. Uh, I know that Floyd, uh, you know, learns things too, and his rematches, the the few that he had, were he always came back and, and beat them better. But I think Ray Leonard uh, improves to the point where when he they fight multiple times, Ray Leonard starts knocking out Floyd. Um, Floyd, you 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 mentioned showed heart uh, as far as the title bout game against Duran. We never saw if Floyd had heart. Floyd said he had heart, and everyone around him said he had heart, but he never put him in. He never put himself in a position to prove it. 
I don't think Floyd had heart. My my opinion. I think Floyd would have would have um, showed us that he, he's he's a bully just the way he is. And I think Ray Leonard would have brought that out. Uh, I think Ray Leonard would have frustrated him. And uh, I give Ray Leonard uh, the, the decision win in the first fight, and then uh, I see him knocking out Floyd. How, how do you see it, and how did the game see it? Um, I do think, now again, we're talking about uh, one of the greatest welterweights ever in Sugar Ray Leonard. Now some people would say, oh, well, Floyd's got to be one of the greatest welterweights ever. And my answer would be, is he? Um, because when you look at uh, some of his victories at welterweight, for me, the one that is, I mean, granted some of the names, there's a lot of Hall of Famers there because you have Shane Mosley, you have Juan Manuel Marquez, you have Oscar De La Hoya, although that was sort of a catchweight fight. At, Floyd came in at 150 and uh, Goldie came in at 154. Um, I thought his best win in terms of the guy who was in the best shape uh, and condition at the time they fought him, even he had been defeated a couple of times was the Zab Judah fight. And I thought that um, that was the toughest fight that um, Floyd had at uh, welterweight, and he handled it very well. And it did show that he, he is able to deal with southpaws, but it's it's tough, especially a speedy one. Um, that's where I think Sugar Ray Leonard has, uh, you know, it worlds ahead of um, Floyd Mayweather Jr. Because of the two of them, the thing that Floyd was a gladiator in his smaller days at 130, at 135. Then he became the Money Mayweather guy who really calculated risk. Sugar Ray Leonard, like you said, was made calculated risks when he was older, like the Hagler fight, the Lalonde fight, um, things like that. But look at the welterweight Leonard. My God, the Duran fights, Wilfred Benitez? I mean, come on. That is the guy who uh, is the unmentioned fifth king um, of the uh, 80s. And if you want to see an amazing fight like you and Dax were talking about the um, Hagler-Hearns, how that was just two skilled guys who just decided we're having a pure one brawl um, and skills going out the window, well, no, Benitez-Leonard, that is skill every round, and that is impressive. Um, if you want to watch, uh, if you do, I everybody knows I'm a Mike Tyson fan, and I enjoy his podcast. He had Ray Leonard on recently, and watch that podcast. The way Mike Tyson talks about watching that Benitez fight is amazing. Mike was really touched by that. He's so emotional talking to Ray Leonard. But if you watch that fight, it's hard to think that Floyd May Mayweather could handle that Ray Leonard. Um, and that's exactly what the game thought. When they fight the first time, like you said, Sugar Ray Leonard picks up a lopsided unanimous decision, very much like with the Hearns fight. And I think, like Dax had said, it's possible that Floyd might have been able to outbox uh, Ray Leonard in spots. But the thing about Ray Leonard was he was a gladiator. He was always a gladiator. And he'd have Angelo Dundee in that corner saying, you're blowing it, son. And that's a, it seems like that's almost what happened in the fight uh, because in the last two rounds, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard really broke it open. He had Floyd down three times and almost stopped in the 11th. 
and then he had him down once in the 12th, but Floyd holds on to lose a lopsided decision. The scores were 116-108, 115-109, and 117-107, all in favor of Sugar Ray Leonard. When they fight 100 times, Floyd picks up 25 victories. He loses 70 times to the Sugar Man. They draw five times, and Floyd is able to stop Ray Leonard three times out of those 25 victories. Ray stops Floyd 24 times out of the 70 wins. And I swear, ladies and gentlemen, I do not know the results of these <laughs> these simians because <laughs> uh, I was I was uh, kind of accurate last week. You know, yeah, one you were, very, you were very close on that one. You know, one fighter that sticks out in my mind who changed from an aggressive uh, fighter into a a Mayweather esque fighter was Macho Camacho. Uh, I mean, you know, Camacho. If you watch his early fights, lightweight, this guy had hand speed, punching power, excitement. I mean, I couldn't wait to watch a Camacho fight. I mean, uh, you know, Hector Camacho was the guy. I mean, I, I loved him. He was a New Yorker. Uh, came in. He was outrageous with the with the uh, ring walk uh, outfits, et cetera, et cetera. Never complained that they weighed too much. And trust me, he came in with uh, big headsets the whole night. When he fought Edwin Rosario, Edwin Rosario put a good old-fashioned ass-beating on him. And uh, Hector won the fight by a very controversial decision, but changed his style forever. Anybody that punches up a fight of uh, Hector Camacho after the Rosario fight, you're going to see a very cautious boxer that used his hand speed and, and movement to win fights because he, he clearly Hall of Fame fighter. But previously, you punch in any of his earlier fights, and you're going to see a guy that was really uh, uh, just must-see TV. This, and, and, you know, in all due respect to, to Floyd Mayweather, his earlier weights, 130, 135, like you said, Alex, he also uh, fought um, not the same level of opposition, but he definitely fought uh, a much more aggressive style. But uh, anyway, just wanted to say that. When you say that, every time, yeah. every time well, I think of that, I think of Camacho, man. One thing I do want to just throw out there, you know, because I love uh, I love language and I love the writers of this sport. Is I, I'm pretty sure it was Steve Farhood. I remember one of the magazines after that fight was uh, um, Camacho wins versus Rosario. Lose his nickname. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was beat up. He was. It was. That was bad. That was bad. I wonder how Steve liked my book. I, I sat next to him on a plane, and I uh, gave him a copy of the book. I, I I haven't been able to reach out to him since. But anyway, uh, okay. Uh, now we get to the nitty gritty. Uh, Tommy Hearns against uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. at Junior Middleweight. Floyd did have a title at Junior Middleweight. Uh, Tommy Hearns, uh, way bigger, six foot one. Uh, Tommy Hearns is one of my favorite all-time fighters. No question about it. Uh, loved the hitman. Loved watching him. Always was nervous, though. Every time every time I watched Tommy Hearns fight, I was nervous. What was I nervous of? That he was going to get knocked out because of his suspect chin and his chicken legs. And for a guy with the boxing ability that Thomas Hearns had, he never seemed stable on his feet. He always seemed like he was tripping over his own feet. Um, sort of like what I used to think of Tyson Fury in his early career. And Tyson Fury kind of tightened it up. Tommy Hearns never really did. Um, he, he still kind of 
walked around like he was, uh, you know, a giraffe learning how to walk. You know, if you've ever, ever seen a baby giraffe uh, walk around for the first time, it's kind of like Tommy Hearns. But Tommy Hearns had some freakish punching power. I compare him to, uh, to Deontay Wilder. Uh, a guy that, uh, you know, in his own weight class just demolishes people, was able to move up in weight and still demolished people. Uh, another fighter that fought well uh, into uh, his golden age, uh, winning his last fight in 2006, I believe at cruiserweight, uh, knocking out Shannon Landberg, who uh, uh, had uh, 58 wins, 10 losses, and three draws. Uh, but, you know, the fights against uh, Duran and... and uh, obviously, Hearns and uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. Um, I mean, Hearns against Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, and, of course, the Hagler fight. Uh, all put Tommy Hearns on the map. How does he fare against uh, Floyd Mayweather? Well, you know, I don't think that he cuts the ring off as well because of his uh, non-agile uh, frame. But I do think he catches up with Floyd. I do think that he is able to utilize his, his arm reach and height advantage on Floyd. And I think Floyd stays away from him in the early part of the fight. Floyd runs, Tommy chases. But eventually, Tommy catches. And the punching power of Tommy Hearns is something that Floyd Mayweather Jr. would have never been able to handle. I think this is kind of easy. I think Tommy Hearns, by knockout, in the later rounds, if if not the uh, the eleventh, the twelfth, how do you see it, dude? Are you like a boxing fan or something? Because that's a pretty good assessment. Um, yes, I think that uh, Floyd is in deep doo doo in this one because, again, like with uh, Duran at lightweight, he is dealing with arguably the very best one hundred and fifty four pounder that ever was. Um, now Floyd has, you know, he fought a couple of times at that weight, uh, catchweight fights. He fought Oscar De La Hoya, a faded Oscar De La Hoya. And I thought he could have probably stopped our Oscar in that fight, but he kind of le- eased up on him. Um, and then it was a mystifying split decision, I think, because people still were big fans of Oscar De La Hoya. Um, the only other fights he had at 154 in that weight class, and he never weighed more than 151 were uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez and uh, Marcos Maidana. So um, we're talking, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Saul Canelo Alves and, uh, Alvarez and Miguel Cotto. The Maidana fights were both, both at 147. So Mayweather is in deep here against Tommy Hearns because Tommy Hearns also is one of the tallest guys. He would have been the tallest guy that Floyd ever fought. And... Um, and you're right. That's exactly what happens is Floyd can't deal with the dimensions of it, the uh, the longer, leaner, um, taller opponent with power. Uh, all those things make uh, Hearns a little too much uh, of an egg for Mayweather to crack. And Hearns cracks him, stops him at t- uh, by TKO in the eighth round at two minutes and five seconds. When they fight 100 times, Floyd only picks up 15 victories. Tommy Hearns beats him 84 times. They draw once. Uh, Floyd is m- somehow able to stop Hearns eight times. And Tommy Hearns puts uh, Floyd into La La Land 51 times out of those 84 fights. Yeah, doesn't shock me. 
<laughs> you, know? <laughs> um, you know, I mean, this is why, and, and it just, it boggles my mind that the computer somehow puts Floyd at, at, at you know, the best all-time great. I mean, this this is the argument that I've had with Floyd Mayweather fans for the last, you know, 15 years. Um, Floyd was a, was a master at business and how to manipulate the sport of boxing and more power to him for it. But when you get down to the nitty-gritty, he wasn't as good as people think. He just wasn't. He was. He looked good against the perfect people to make him look good. Now, this last fight against Marvin Hagler, um, I will admit, is is a little out of uh, Floyd's, you know, size. But thank you for the beauty of the title bout championship computer game that would give us the fair ability to puff up Floyd Mayweather to Marvin Hagler's size. When I look at the two fighters, and uh, you know, the you have to always include Sugar Ray Leonard when you talk about Marvin Hagler. What I mean by that isn't so much the fight. It's the fact that they both came up together. And Sugar Ray Leonard, well, he was the media darling. He was the guy with the silver spoon, so to speak. Hagler, he was the other guy. He got nothing. He couldn't go into the Olympics. He had to turn pro because he had to put food on the table. The mentality of Marvin Hagler was just so much different. I mean, Sugar Ray Seals, he fought... Uh, in his 15th pro fight, would go on to fight him uh, a bunch of times. Uh, Cyclone Hart he beat. Johnny Baldwin he beat. Uh, uh, Willie Monroe, the the real Willie Monroe, the Pearl, beat him. Uh, Benny Briscoe, they have an award for him. Mike Colbert, you know, beats him. Uh, did have one draw against uh, Sugar Ray Seals. Uh, Bobby Watts split two fights with him. Alan Minter. Uh, when he won uh, the title, Fluenzio Abalamba—I can't even pronounce his name—beat him. All right. <laughs> well, you know me. All right. Yeah, it's about it's, uh, him. Yeah, Fluenzio, uh, Vito Anafermo, Musta Hamshaw, uh, Caveman Lee—not uh, a household name. Oh, uh, he but but that guy. I know, I know. But he was good. He destroyed him in one round. But he was good oh. going into the fight. And and Duran. And Roldan, and Hampshire, oh. Tommy Hearns, John the Beast Mugabe, oh. uh, and and then the, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at the fight. I mean, you can't listen. Nobody could take anything away from Hagler, and when he fought Leonard, look, I thought I said for the longest time it was a robbery, and I thought that the fight was a draw. That that it shouldn't have gone to Sugar Ray Leonard. Um, we did uh, this show. We all met at Canastota, and we did. We all scored it. There was a bunch of us that sat in there with no sound. It luckily turned out that we had no sound. We were trying to get sound, but we, we ended up with no sound. And it, it was kind of amazing to see, especially Alex, if you've never met him, you know, he's got a life-size tattoo of Marvin Hagler all over him. I mean, you know, he's, uh, he's, you know, he's got Marvin Hagler pajamas he wears, you know. And he was crushed that his scorecard changed after watching again. I luckily maintained my draw. I still believe it was, should have been a draw, and I believe there should have been a rematch. And uh, the fact that the powers that be uh, and, and this particular fight changed boxing forever because uh, up until this fight, you had to really beat the champion to win the belt. 
And since this fight, we've seen it change hands many times where uh, the winner didn't decisively beat him. Uh, but the worst part of it is it pissed off Marvin Hagler so much, we lost him. We never saw him again. Uh, and uh, maybe that adds to his legacy. How does a fight against uh, Sugar, uh, um, Floyd Mayweather Jr. go? Not well for uh, Floyd. I think uh, Marvin Hagler, if anyone had a chance to beat Hagler uh, of these fights, I would think Floyd did. His boxing ability, uh, you know, I, I think uh, would have given Hagler trouble um, because Hagler did seem to have trouble with pure uh, boxers, although he didn't have much trouble with Tommy Hearns because Tommy Hearns fought the Hagler fight. And then you can make the argument that Hagler fought the Leonard fight when he fought Leonard, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, Hagler against uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. Well, first of all, Floyd hates southpaws. Hagler was a southpaw. Uh, Floyd was not going to hurt Hagler. Um, the only thing that I have fear about in this fight is that Hagler um, chases him around the ring for, for 12 or 15 rounds, whatever. But he eventually catches him. And he works the body. He hurts him. I think he destroys Floyd. Uh, despite Floyd's ability, his boxing ability, I, I think Marvin Hagler, which was just too vicious, and it's a, just a bigger version of Roberto Duran, um, I do think he catches up with him. I think that Marvin Hagler knocks out uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. Um, in mid-rounds, mid to late rounds. I, I, I think that the early rounds is Floyd's only chance and he just panics, and he shows that he has no heart, and uh, Hagler wears him and beats him down. Uh, I predict uh, Hagler knockout easily over uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. How do you see it, and how did Titovout see it? Um, this is the I, – I, of course, you know, am biased, like you said, because I have a, a full-size tattoo of Marvin, and um, I do think that um, he uh, – you know, Floyd's never fought it at this weight, so he's out of his league in terms of size. Um, that being said, his boxing ability would give, uh, and speed especially, would give uh, Hagler some difficulty. Um, but I think that, um, like you said, the, just the strength and uh, the size um, would be too much for Floyd at middleweight. Uh, and so the game agrees. Not by stoppage, though, at least the first time they fight. Hagler definitely dominates him. He wins unanimous decision by three scores of 116 to 112. He did put Floyd down in the 12th, but Floyd finishes the fight. When they fight 100 times, Floyd only wins 16. Marvin Hagler wins 83. They draw once, and uh, somehow uh, Floyd is able to stop Marvin six times. I had to convince myself that was uh, on cuts, so I was able to go to sleep last night. And um, <laughs> of Hagler's 83 victories, he knocks Floyd out 37 times. I watched Hagler get hurt one time in, in every fight that I've ever seen of Hagler, and that was the Tommy Hearns fight. And that was the only time I ever said, oh, my God, Hagler staggered him. He staggered him. But then it only lasted for a second or two. And then Hagler, you know, the rest is history. But I can't see Floyd. Floyd, Floyd first of all, what would happen to Floyd's little girly hands should he land a shot on the noggin of Marvin Hagler? They would have shattered like glass, man. I mean, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah. 
Well, one and one thing, just as a little um, a little dessert here, I couldn't resist. Like I mentioned, I thought Benitez was um, really one of the badasses of the '80s that doesn't get enough credit. So I wanted to see how would Benitez and Floyd do at 140. Um, and uh, Floyd actually, actually, the first fight is a um, yeah. Floyd wins a majority draw. In the first fight, he comes up, uh, the scores are 118, 111, um, and then one score that is, uh, I'm sorry, he wins a split decision the first fight. Um, one score is even, 115 even. The other score is 115, 114 for Floyd. And the third, this must be the, uh, the PBC judge, had it 118, 111 in favor of Floyd. When they fight 100 times, Floyd gets the better of Benitez. He wins 48, Benitez wins only 43, and they draw nine times. Floyd is able to stop Benitez seven times, and in his 43 victories, Benitez stops Floyd eight times. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And one thing I should mention is that these the, the game, I think, it definitely seems that more so than the video game that we talked of, that you and Dax were talking about earlier, um, uh, this game seems to be much more research-friendly, researchers-friendly, um, because it definitely gives, you know, I, I don't think this game would come up with uh, Winky Wright knocking out um, uh, Carlos Monzon or Sugar Ray Leonard. I, I don't think you'd get that in the title about championship bout uh, game. One thing that we um, recently did is IBRO, uh, the International Boxing Research Organization, just published their latest all-time great rankings. They did a whole big poll uh, of all um, of, of a lot of the members, and uh, it was um, put together and organized by uh, historian Monty Cox. And when you look at where Floyd landed in a lot of those rankings, I think the game... Um, is pretty good because Floyd ended up only number 22 in the pound-for-pound all-time greats. Now, that is arguable. That more is just how great a fighter they were, how well-known, things like that. It's not necessarily means that he's, you know, better than Sugar Ray Robinson, that kind of thing. But he only scored uh, down at number 22. At 154 pounds, Floyd ranked ninth all-time. The number one, Tommy Hearns. Um, at 147, Floyd ranked 13th all-time. Number one, Sugar Ray Robinson. Number two, Sugar Ray Leonard. At Floyd at 140, was below the cut. He didn't even make it in the top 10. Um, the way Ibro did it was they did uh, the top 20 in the classic weight classes, and in the junior classes, they did a top 10. And in that, at 140 pounds, Aaron Pryor was number one of all time. At 130, Floyd is number three all time. Alexis Arguello is number one. J, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez is number two. Check out that all-time great list at 130 pounds. Wow, a lot of talent there. And then finally, at 135 pounds, Floyd is ranked 18th, according to Ibro. And who's number one? Roberto Duran. In my all-time great, I, I, I have Floyd, uh, it, you know, I, I, 
25th if at best you know i mean the, the thing that that gets me is the the computer rankings as of today uh you know box rack the all-time great pound for pound they got floyd number one henry armstrong's not even on this list he's not even in the top uh top 50 which is ridiculous um you know so he's not even in the list but sam langford's down at number 42 tommy hearns is number 28 uh sugar ray robinson is number four Behind Carlos Monzon, Manny Pacquiao, number two. Now, my all-time great has Manny Pacquiao above Floyd Mayweather. And and I, the reason why is simple. I, I know the head-to-head means a lot. But, I, you know, I do put an asterisk next to that fight. Um, and, I, you know, Floyd was 100%. Manny wasn't. That's not Floyd's fault, okay? Manny's fault. He, he shouldn't have fought. But... Manny has fought the tougher opposition, and he continues to do so. What really catapulted him, in my opinion, above Floyd, all-time great, was his last win against uh, Keith Thurman. I think that that says it all. Floyd hasn't fought a major, you know, uh, 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 fighter in years. You know, Andre Berto was was washed up when he fought him. You know, an MMA guy? Give me a break. You know, but interesting to see that the computer has Floyd number one and some all-time greats that I think are way up there, kind of kind of down on the list. Hagler's number 13. Roberto Duran's number 12. Harry Greb is all the way at number 18. You know, uh, uh, Jack Johnson, number 22. Sam Lankford, like I said, number uh, 42. And uh, uh, Terrence Crawford is number 49. The guy just hitting the, the 50th was Michael Spinks. One guy I was glad to see in there, N- Nicolino Loche at number 46. Uh, but no disrespect to Max Schmeling. He was at number 47. I, I mean, he was a, a good heavyweight, but all-time great, uh, pound for pound? I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, uh, interesting the way the, the computer uh, shakes out, Alex. One, one thing I did want to throw out there is um, I did uh, also run, um, if you look at uh, the transnational boxing rankings, right now they have Errol Spence as number one welterweight on earth. And if Floyd fight when Floyd fights him, Floyd wins uh, when they fight a hundred times. Floyd wins 75, 16 losses, nine draws. He stops Spence 10 times. And of his 16 wins, Errol Spence is able to stop Floyd three times. So that's that's uh, Floyd against the current guy. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I, don't know. I, sh- I don't know. I should have stopped on uh, the Benita. Yeah, you should have left it alone there. <laughs> but uh, but in any event, well, we'll see what we're in for next week, Alex. Who knows uh, if this uh, Corona uh, virus keeps uh, going? Uh, uh, we may be doing uh, more uh, breakdowns. Maybe maybe putting some pound for pound guys against each other. Uh, but I, I thought that this would be. Uh, fun to see Floyd against uh, the Fab Four, and uh, according to my predictions, uh, Floyd doesn't beat any of them. So uh, right. I know I'll get some, uh, uh, you know, uh, flack over that. But uh, in any yeah, event, yeah, I think I mean the one that he did the the most even was against Benitez, and uh, but the other guys, yeah, I mean he only wins about twenty percent, not even twenty percent of his fights. He just wasn't as good, and that arrow was better. You know, so, I mean, and they fought each other. See, that, that's the key. I think that you have to keep in perspective, you know, the previous eras to, to the Floyd changing the way boxing works, 
is that they did fight each other. The big fights were made. Forget the promoters hating each other. They've been hating each other for 100 years, but they still, you know, liked each other enough to put together the fight that everyone wanted to see. That doesn't happen today, and it hurts the sport. Hurts the sport, but uh, in any event. Alex, appreciate all your hard work, and uh, we'll look forward to next week, brother. Sounds good. Take care, Billy C. All right. That's my main man, Alex Papali, and uh, did a great job uh, on the uh, uh, simulations through Title Bout, and it was fun. You know, I want to thank my man, uh, Rick, for uh, for getting us uh, into that. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, you know, the truth of the matter is, is, uh, uh, you know, people uh, call me a, uh, a hater when it comes to uh, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, but uh, the truth is the truth. I mean, the guy uh, uh, avoided a, a lot of uh, the big fights and, uh, you know, kind of kind of cheated us a little bit. But uh, in any event, hey, listen, uh, I just want to extend my uh, prayers to everybody. Uh, I hope everyone stays safe amid this worldwide crisis we're dealing with. And um, stay strong. Uh, boxing and all other sports will emerge. Uh, hopefully uh, the economies will and uh, we'll go from there but uh, hey listen we will uh, be back next week uh, so make sure you tune in the same bat time and the same bat channel until then I'll leave you with this ciao baby <laughs>